Welcome to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast, where non-diet nutrition, weight-inclusive care, and integrative health collide. We're your hosts, Dana Montes and Christina Hoyt, licensed integrative clinical nutritionists and body image coaches. And we believe you deserve to have a joyful relationship with food in your body, even if you have a chronic health condition or symptoms that just won't quit. On this show, together and with our guests, we're bringing the real talk, no BS5, with tangible tools to help you pursue health and wellness without obsession or restriction. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is meant for general information purposes only and should not be taken as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hey friends, it's Dana, and thanks for listening to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your family and friends, subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and if you can, we would absolutely love it if you left a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps spread the word so more people can find the show and learn how to break out of diet culture, the body image spiral, and find a more peaceful relationship with food in their bodies with wholehearted eating. If you're interested in learning more about how you can work with me or Christina for one-on-one nutrition counseling or checking out our self-paced courses, head over to wholeheartedeating.com. So on this episode... We are doing kind of a dual invitation and permission slip to think about something that we talk about all the time in a different way. So we're going to be talking about today, what is healthy? So this is an invitation to dig into what do we actually think about health? Like, what do we think healthy is, right? How do we define healthy for ourselves? And where does that language come from? And this is also a permission slip to think about healthy in a different way. What is health? What are health promoting behaviors? We're also going to be talking about healthism, which is a little bit of a spark plug here. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's go into it. Yeah, I think what makes this kind of when we were when we've been thinking about this episode, we've been thinking about it for a while and wanting to do it because I think it is an important challenge for people to think about. And I, I find when people are doing the work that we're encouraging them to do, this can often lead to like a roadblock of coming across this idea of like, well, what about my health? Or what does this look like? Or what about the person's health? Are we concerned about their health? And like all these different things or everything like that. And I think one of the things that I think about a lot and I want everyone else to think about is what does it mean to be healthy and can we think about it a little bit differently? I remember in grad school, we were asked this question and I, it's so funny because I look back on my response then and I remember thinking like, I don't know how to define this and like them plugging holes in the thought process too. And then I think back now, looking back how I defined it. And then now thinking how differently I would maybe define it now as, as we've evolved. And I think in a lot of ways, people like to think of health as so black and white and like so clear, like this is what it is and this is what it looks like. And this is what it's not. And today's episode is really about, this is a spectrum and it's complicated and it's not nearly as clear, but yet we love to act like it is. And we love to sit on ceremony around it too which kind of leads into healthism later on but yeah well what's really interesting too you know bringing that up is that class redefining health is you take that the first semester you are in the grad school program that we did and what's really interesting too is 
when you enter that program, you are most likely functionally inclined, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm looking for an alternative to what we know. And this really leads into, well, this is definitely on a spectrum now because we can 100% confidently tell you right now that if we were to, and this is kind of what we're doing today, if we were to think about our answers that we talked about in that class of redefining health and like comparing that to how we think about health now, entirely different, right? So part of this permission slip is it's okay if you have thought about health in a totally different way in the past. Now it's like, now I'm questioning thing, everything that I ever thought that I knew about health, right? And if you have been listening to this podcast for a while, you've probably already been doing that, but we're going to be doing this in a more concrete way today. And the impetus for this episode or the inspiration for this episode was last week when we um, were talking about health and healthy like red flags in your relationship with food and your relationship with health we were kind of thinking like well we've talked about things that are unhealthy right we've talked about like things that people think are healthy that are actually you know disordered eating behaviors or disordered exercise behaviors or disordered ways of pursuing health basically orthorexic things that are praised as being healthy um If we accept that to be true, then what actually is health, right? We need to go into, well, what did we think health was before and what do we think it is now? And a lot of the conclusions that we've come to for most people when they talk about health is, you know, they talk about health as a very black and white thing, like Christina was saying, that they know exactly what it is. But if you challenge someone to define like, well, what is health? What is healthy? It's kind of like, well, it's kind of an abstract concept. Like how, you know, how do we even do this? So that's what we want to challenge you to think about more today. Yeah, I'm thinking about it more of like a like a spectrum a little bit. Like I think a lot of times in the past, we will jump to the conclusion or jump to the thought process. And it's okay if this happens for you. And when we're saying what is healthy, your first thought is, well, it's the absence of disease. Like that seems like a very logical thought process. But then when you start to think about it, you're like, well, is it? Because, <laughs> because you think about all these different pieces. And what's interesting too is when you think about health, we'll tell people too, especially if you're in a larger body, maybe their absence of disease, but we don't we don't think of that as healthy. So we then say, well, that's not healthy. Okay, then what is health then? If it's not just the absence of disease and there's a look to health, what the hell does that mean? And what does that mean? And how does that fall into it? And if you're in a, and if you have like a chronic health condition, like me and Dana have, could we be considered having the absence of disease? No. But does that mean that we're necessarily unhealthy? I don't know. You know, it's complicated. Well, I mean, you know, going a little bit with that is like if if you take the definition, which by the way, if you go on Merriam-Webster, dictionary.com, any of these things, one of the definitions of health is the absence of disease. So we understand where this thought mm-hmm. process is coming from, right? But if you take that to be true, that health is the absence of disease, then even someone who has been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease or chronic health condition, even if it's in remission and they are living well, could never be considered healthy? You know, that doesn't... For me, someone living with a chronic health condition, that's very, one, diminishing, that's very defeatist, you know, two, like so many different ways that we could go. And, you know, that's basically like... If 
if you then get diagnosed with a chronic health condition or symptoms or whatever it is, you're like, oh, well, I'm just doomed to being unhealthy for the rest of my life. We know that mental health plays a huge role in recovery and remission and all of these different things. So by having that mindset, you might actually be making your symptoms worse or making your symptoms, you know, more aggressive or stuff like that. And we don't want to go down that way, right? We don't want, you know, one diagnosis or one thought pattern to determine all of the aspects of how we feel and our health, you know, from the inside out for the rest of our lives just because, oh, I have IBS. Oh, I have celiac. Oh, I have Crohn's. Oh, I have colitis. And, you know, I'm just listing gut health conditions because that's primarily <laughs> what I deal with in my practice. But it's, you know, it's it's a lot. And one of the things we want you to think about too is if you do have a ready, readily available definition of health or qualifications of health, we talk frequently about this notion of values versus rules, right? If you have a readily available definition or qualifications of health, what are the assumptions behind those qualifications or those points that fall under healthy? So if we use a common one that we very much like to unpack on this podcast is, oh, health equals thin is what a lot of people have the assumption of, right? Health equals thin or skinny equals healthy or, you know, whatever it is, which obviously we don't align with those. But if you take that to be the assumption behind that, then you assume then that someone who's in a thin body can never have disease, right? Mm -hmm. Which we know to be completely untrue. So again, we're going back to and always with a mindset of curiosity, not judgment, right? curiosity, not judgment, is I wonder where these thought patterns are coming from and how can we start to unpack them? Because every thought pattern, one, has somewhere it comes from and there are assumptions behind that thought pattern. So when we absorb a thought pattern and we assume that to be true, there are assumptions behind that thought pattern we are also absorbing, right? So it's just like we frequently talk about this is a 27 layer cake and we need to, you know, we're kind of scratching the first couple of layers. We need to like keep digging down to the different flavors in there because it goes deeper. And I think one of the interesting things about it too is that you're going to get annoyed with this episode because we're not going to define it for you (laughs) (laughs) because we don't find it definable. So, So that's another layer too. But one of the things that we're thinking, what in regard to what Dana was saying about are there certain conditions or qualifications for making someone healthy or unhealthy and what that looks like for you and how you're defining it. And if you are quick to define it, there's nothing wrong with being quick to define it. The thing that we're encouraging you to do is challenge it and then start to think about are there certain conditions where I might actually deviate from this definition? And then start going from there and thinking about it like, oh, wow, this is way different than I thought it was. This is way broader, way more of a spectrum, way bigger, way different, um, and a lot more complicated than we would originally think when we go to the Webster's definition of absence of disease or when we think about it that way. When you start poking holes in it, all of a sudden you start thinking to yourself, man, and, you're, and you start to challenge it, you have to start thinking then, are some of this, are some of these thought patterns out of fear? Because I want to remain this idea of health. Because I have this viewpoint of what this looks like. 
well, I have this value of valuing my health. And so how do I then uphold that value? And if I can't define what that value is, how the hell do I uphold it? And so that can make it feel like all of a sudden we're standing on a really rocky ground. And that can feel really disalarming for a lot of people. So, and then, so I think that's one of the things too around, am I quick to define it? How do I challenge that? And then what does that tell me about my relationship with this idea of health and how much I put that on a pedestal for how I interact with day-to-day life, how I might view other people, how I might view myself, how I might view my own personal behavior, and how that might lead me into my shame spiral around certain types of things and how I then go back to really toxic dieting and orthorexic behaviors over and over again with this idea that, oh my gosh, health is everything. And when we start to poke the holes in what is healthy, you'll start to see, oh God, there's narratives here, right? There are some conditions where I think it's okay because, you know, they weren't preventable, maybe, maybe that's something. And the idea of, and then if you start to think about, okay, well, that's preventable. So I should be doing something about it. That's how I'm viewing my health. Or this is unpreventable. So how am I viewing that differently? Is that put into a different lens for my case, right? And I think too, then opening up the door of what happens if you've done everything to prevent the preventable disease and you get it? What happens then? How does that happen? Like what what do you do from there? How do you then interact with health from there? How do you then enter into what we've we've talked about before so many times, a really aggressive shame spiral because we've done everything we could to prevent something that we believed to be preventable because we have this value of health. We have these assumptions for what health looks like. We have assumptions for what health health promoting behaviors are supposed to be, what they look like, how we're supposed to interact with them, and how we uphold this value, and then it all comes crumbling down. And we've seen this happen in practice. And so to us, today's episode is really about how can you start thinking about what is healthy in a different way so you can get out of this ultimate shame spiral that we hang out in a lot that lead us back to dieting behaviors, that lead us back to these healthy red flags that we talked about in last week's episode. Because if we don't start to unpack all the things that we're carrying with us, those assumptions that Dana talked about, about what it means to be healthy, then we're never going to be able to distinguish truly what's health promoting and what's a red flag in like a really big way for ourselves and being able to create this compassion and a lot more space for ourselves to exist in a, in a much less judgmental viewpoint of ourselves, viewpoint of others that we're all really desiring ultimately. Yeah. So to give an example of what Christina was talking about before, like I know someone personally who was a very – or they're still here. They're a very active person. You know, they do all of the things like they eat healthy, they do the supplements, they prioritize sleep, they do the meditation, they do all the things, and they still got cancer. 
right? Like, and depending on how you, how deep you dive into the rabbit holes of like the functional medicine community, there is an aspect of, oh, if you have a family history or a genetic predisposition to this, if you do all of these things, you won't, you know, quote, turn the gene on. My point is, you can do, quote, all of the things that are prescribed to try and prevent these, quote, preventable diseases. The ones that typically will come to mind are cardiovascular disease, high blood pressure, and diabetes, right? Those are looked at by the general medicine community as mostly preventable diseases, or there are lifestyle factors that you can, quote, control in order to set yourself up for the least um, having the smallest possibility of getting those diseases, basically. But what if you do all of that, all of the things that are, you know, prescribed and you still get it? What if you don't have a genetic predisposition and you do all the things and you still get the thing, right? I'll tell you what happens because this is what happened to this person and many other people that I've known who have gone through, you know, a similar process is you have to break down your values and belief structure of, you know, I thought for the longest time me putting myself in these people's shoes of like, if I just, you know, checked all these boxes, then I wouldn't get fill in the blank. But here I am with that condition. So we realize it's not totally controllable, right? And there are many different social, economic, you know, multifactorial determinants of health that are commonly ignored in the assumptions behind the common definition of health, right? We assume it's like, oh, someone who's healthy, who, you know, exercises and they eat well and they're, you know, yada, yada. Okay, well, you can do that. And what about all the other stuff that's impacting your health as well? And I think this really goes into another aspect of what we wanted to talk about. And this is, I will say, one of the things that has been a positive of the past, you know, few years of this pandemic is there has been more of a focus and an acceptance and normalization of mental health um, as a part of our overall health. But, you know, before that, and, you know, we look 10, 20, 30 years ago, mental health was not a part of the conversation. When we talked about health, it was almost entirely your physical health. And at least now there is more of a dialogue around, well, it's not just physical health, it's physical and mental and emotional and spiritual and all of that other stuff, right? But we love to talk about health as if it's a very black and white matter of fact thing, and it's not. Not nearly as much as we want it to be. Because we love things that we can control, guys. I mean, let's be honest, right? Well, we it's scary things. if we start to think that our health is out of our control. Absolutely. And we also think, too, I mean, that we hear so many different articles. We hear news segments about different types of stuff. And it's scary. And there's a lot of, like, fear around that, too. And this idea of, okay, it needs to be controlled and you need to be able to control it. And there is this idea that then gets internalized over time that if something is preventable, then it's your fault if you get it. And so then that means that you didn't do enough to prevent this. You didn't do anything about this. And it completely ignores the idea of environmental factors that we have zero control over, genetics, some of the things that Dana was talking about too, um, it, access to food, societal things, um, so many different pieces of the puzzle that go into how this happens. And then we become, as a society, morally judgmental of other people 
if they have one of these quote-unquote preventable diseases. And that's really crappy to do. And the people that get it even more than other people are the people who are in larger bodies because we've been told over and over and over again that larger bodies is, un is an unhealthy body and all of the different things. And so then we're afraid of being that way. And so that's why we go back to what we, we talked about in the beginning of equating healthy with thin. But then when you start to, again, open up the invitation of, well, what does that look like? What can you have a disease? If it's an absence of disease, can you can you have an absence of disease and be in a larger body and be healthy? Yeah, absolutely you can. Can you be in a smaller body and have diseases and be and be and not have the absence of disease? Uh, yeah, you absolutely can. We see it over and over and over again. But yet we still carry this collective judgment of other people if you're not considered quote unquote healthy in our society. And so today, again, it, that it's that invitation of what is the problem here and the problem is that we have a very narrow mind like thought process around what creates something to be healthy or unhealthy and that in so many ways leads us back into so many of this cul-de-sac behaviors that we have the judgmental we have of other people the judgment we have of ourselves if we're not living up to that especially if we're someone who's like, well, I really do care. Like I care about my health. I want to feel vibrant and I want to feel energized and I want to have all the different things that I want to be able to have um, in my life. And I'd like to do what I can to manage my blood biomarkers and my blood work and different things like that. And so it then creates a hierarchy that can happen as well. And that's what we're talking about, about challenging this belief system so that you can start to see where your entry point is into this cycle that keeps us back here going back to this place and keep asking the question what about my health what about your health because that what pulls us back in and so asking the question asking the question about other people well what about your health is this healthy can I do this is this okay for me is intuitive eating bad? Is, is this unhealthy? Like all those types of questions going back to, well, what is health then? How do you define it? Right. And are you defining and, it too narrowly? And if someone is asking, well, what about their health? Something to keep in mind is the person who's asking that question is projecting their own definition of healthy onto someone else. And that goes along with another thing that we wanted to talk about today that we mentioned in, you know, the intro with that goes along with the judgment and you know the perception of like oh well what about their health and everything and this is the concept of healthism um, and this is the belief system that sees health as the property and responsibility of the individual and ranks the personal pursuit of health above everything else and then what happens with that is I would say for a large proportion of our population and leadership in the health field is a lot of people fall under this identifying with healthism. Whether they identify with the more judgmental aspects of it, there's a lot of judgment in health, right? And so this is like what we as a collective society judge other people on. Oh, you're not pursuing health. Oh, what's wrong with you kind of thing. You know, oh, they don't care about their health is the number, hmm, maybe not the number one, but one of the main assumptions 
made against people who are in larger bodies. If they're okay with being in a larger body in the size that they are, oh, they must just be okay. Like they they don't care about their health. They don't pursue health promoting behaviors. They don't, you know, do any of this stuff. This is where a lot of the different things fall under healthism like concern trolling, right? Like the, oh, but what about their health kind of thing? Or health is an, a like moral achievement basically, which is a slippery slope to orthorexic behaviors, which is what we had talked about last week with the health red flags and everything like that, which are praised as being positive when really it's like, hey, that's an eating disorder in disguise and we're praising this as a society. Not good, you know. If you have poor health, it's your own fault. Again, preventable diseases and everything that we've talked about. And again, it ignores these social determinants of health and prior experience. What about trauma? What about racism? What about discrimination? What about all of these other things? You know? And with healthism, people tend to believe that health is entirely within our control because there's, a, again, a very narrow assumption of most of the time, especially when you go to doctors and they're like, oh, well, if you just lose weight, it'll fix everything. Okay, great, doc. How do I do that? Well, just eat less and exercise more. It's like, well, <laughs> if eating less and exercise more was the, you know, the golden, like the fountain of youth in order to fix all of our health problems, everybody would have it. Everybody would have it. We wouldn't be having this conversation today. Because we've all tried it. Yeah. We wouldn't be listening to this podcast if we haven't tried it. Um, one of the things, too, that I was thinking about <clears throat> when you were talking about healthism, and especially health as an achievement, I think another thing that gets added into this is health as an identity, too. Like, we really become, we love to be identified as the healthy friend and the person who's doing this stuff and things like that. I think we even had a podcast, Victoria Bate. Bates, right? I think is another one that we had a podcast on when we talked about this too. We talked about kind of how that becomes part of your identity and how that's a layer of healthism too around this is not only something that I care about, but I identify this. This is where I rank myself. This is who I am. This is everything that people think of me as. And that is really dangerous too, because then what happens? (laughs) If shit hits the fan, you know, like then what do you do when something happens, when something comes up or you have quote unquote a preventable disease or you end up having a health determinant that's that's impacting you? What then? What do you how do you handle that? And so I think one of the things too to kind of think about is when we think of healthism and this pursuit of health above everything else, it really creates a very dangerous slippery slope to some serious amounts of judgment judgments of self, judgments of others, and then ranking other people based off of whether or not they fit into this belief system. And as a culture, we're really obsessed with the concept of everyone needs to pursuing health and what exactly that looks like. And what Dana mentioned too, when when it gets really dangerous is because we then assume that there are really two pieces of the puzzle that really that really impact our health, and that's food and exercise. And when you look at it that way, that's dieting. That's the foundation of diet culture. That's the foundation of dieting. That's the foundation of all of those things. But then when you open up the door a little bit, and like we said, this this today's episode is an invitation to challenge yourself and to think about it a little bit different. When you open up the door a little bit and you start thinking, well, what else could contribute 
to my health? Well, if quote-unquote organic food is healthier than other non-organic food or fresh food, does everyone have access to that? Does everyone have the social and economic access in order to, to get those foods? No, they don't. So then it's not entirely within your control. So then then you start poking the holes and you start seeing it a little bit differently and you start opening up and saying, wow, there's so many other pieces that contribute to what it means to act in health and pursue health because it's not entirely in your control and we all don't have the same access in order to obtain the tools, quote unquote, to obtain this health. But yet we still rank people and ourselves based off of whether or not we're pursuing it. And that's super dangerous. And it leads us back to that dieting red flags, the shame spiral, the all the different things that I'm not doing enough. I need to continue doing these things. And then we judge other people based off of it, based off their size, based off their individual based off of their their belief system, based off of the way they eat. I mean, if you think about the way, if you look at the way someone eats and your first thought process was, is, well, good for them. I guess they don't care. And we've all heard that before. Who hasn't heard that before? I'm going to be bad tonight and have this. I'm going to do that instead. Oh, wow. You're so good. You're so good for not doing this. What they're really saying is, you're so good at ranking in, pers- in the pursuit of personal health. You're so good at healthism. That's really what they're saying. They're not saying, and that's what the, the narrative is. Oh, wow, you're really doing your job in this belief system that we carry as a whole. But it's judgmental. You're Even really good place. at upholding these toxic societal values. <laughs> <laughs> that's really what it is. You're really good at doing that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think one of the reasons this happens is because, as we've been saying, this is a really complicated topic. And because it's so complicated, we tend to want to simplify things, which is where the all or nothing black and white thinking comes in. But then we start to classify things and behaviors and people and products and stuff as healthy versus unhealthy, which then leads to if I consume or engage with something that is this dichotomy of healthy or unhealthy, that makes me the same label as the thing that I'm engaging with, right? Like, and then like Christina was saying before, the assumption of, oh, the way to get healthy is to do, you know, just control my food and exercise, aka a diet. This is why, that right there, is why people get caught in the spiral of the only way for me to be healthy is to be on a diet. And the... um the marketing around these kinds of programs and the verbiage around these kinds of programs and the way that they suck you into this is a lot of fear mongering, right? If you don't do this, you're going to, you know, you're basically going to become unhealthy and then invite all of this discrimination and this blame and, you know, everything that we've talked about from our very healthism focused culture. But to use an example of the Whole30 because we love to go back to this because I have a lot of clients who come to me who were Whole30ers in the past and they're like, I fell into that spiral of I felt like 
the only way that I could feel good and the only way that I could be healthy was to go back to that extremely strict protocol because the way that it is set up again is very simplified and all or nothing it's eat these foods and don't eat these foods and eat these healthy foods and don't eat these foods these ones are not healthy or they're potentially inflammatory right again playing on that like symptom chronic disease fear-mongering kind of thing which then regardless of whether or not the science behind is behind this it's not if you eat these <laughs> inflammatory quote foods if you eat the foods that are determined to be no foods on any given program you're basically inviting those symptoms on yourself is what that feels like and so then when people fall into this on again, off again, these programs type of things, especially if you've got chronic symptoms that you're dealing with and you're pursuing these programs or therapeutic protocols or whatever they are to alleviate your symptoms, you fall into the trap of starting to think this is my fault because I'm not following these rules perfectly. My health is now my fault, right? And that's only taking one of these variables into the equation, right? And so one of the problems that we run into here is this oversimplification of what health is, which goes back to, this is really complicated. <laughs> and you know, what you just described is the perfect way, like the perfect kind of like segue into how people end up saying, if I eat whatever I want, I'm unhealthy. Isn't eating whatever I want unhealthy? That's what leads directly to that because we, our idea of eating whatever we want is based off of restriction and it's eating whatever we want <clears throat> is the, in, in thought process, ignoring the list that we've been told that's good and bad and eating the, the quote unquote bad things. So if we eat those bad things, then we are going to lead ourselves to inflammation, preventable diseases, on health, on um, low energy, whatever it is that we're we're attacking it to, like attaching it to. And that leads us to that question of like, well, I can't eat whatever I want because that's unhealthy. Isn't that bad for me? Isn't that bad? Or if you've ever given yourself permission to eat all the things, you feel like, oh my God, all I ever want to do is eat pizza and donuts, YOLO all the time. And you're either restricting and eating healthy or you're doing the other thing. And that's the binge restrict cycle that we talked about. They set you up for that. But that's where it comes from. It comes from this idea of, it comes back to this idea of pursuing my health and managing it above all else. And thinking about it that way and ranking it that way and thinking that I have to be pursuing this because I want to be part of this collective group of people <laughs> who are doing this, who look a certain way, who act a certain way, who have certain types of, of health markers and all the different things. And this idea that we can control our health outcomes over the long term by following certain types of rules and following certain types of behaviors. And that's what leads us to that question of, I don't know how to undo this. And it's also an attempt to control other people's opinions of us oh god yeah right and christine and i were talking about this before the episode started and like a, a lot of this is about us and what we think and so the first thing that we need to do is unpack these assumptions and beliefs and everything about like what do i think health is and what do i want health to be for me 
And then deciding what what do you care about in life? You know, like what is important to you? What are your values? Not what, forget what other people think. What is important to you and your values and your family and your goals and your all of these things, right? First of all, you're never going to be able to please any everybody. <laughs> so let's not go there. But you don't, you're never going to be able to control what everybody else thinks about you. And it's a really safe assumption to think that most other people in our society, if they have grown up in our culture, are subscribed to, willingly or unwillingly, this idea of healthism and that the way that you pursue health is to diet and exercise and the way that health looks is thin and the absence of disease. It is a safe assumption to think that other people think that way because the majority of people in this country and in the Western world do think that way. You're not going to be able to change that with a simple conversation and you shouldn't feel like you have to fit into their mold either. Amen. So the permission slip today, because now we've talked about the invitation is to challenge this. We've talked about healthism and how that really feeds the whole, the, the whole system in a really big way, how it leads back to our binge restrict cycle and our diet cycle. And now we need to give a permission slip to you guys to think about this differently. We want you to start to look more critically at how health lives on a spectrum and how it is much more than just our physical health and we like to think about it that way and for you to start to think about what Dana was saying too what is health to me what facets of my identity are part of this you know do, am i am i putting um my physical health above other things and it's coming at the detriment for my mental, emotional health too. And then how is that healthy? How am I then supporting myself in all ways? And this is coming from two nutritionists who love nutrition and who really believe in taking care of your body through food and supporting your body through food. And we believe in that. And so I'm not saying that's not part of the conversation. If that is part of the conversation for you, you get to decide that on your own. So that's one thing too, but then what the question we really want you to do and a permission slip that we want you to give to yourself is I'm not going to pursue that at the detriment for other parts of myself that matter too. You matter in other ways too. I'm not going to pursue this at the detriment of my long-term physical health either. I'm not going to pursue this to the detriment of my mental health. I'm not going to pursue this in the detriment of how um, how other people feel about me or trying to control how other people feel about me. You know, so many different layers. And so we want you to think about that and redefine that for yourself and to spend the time kind of reflecting on this, thinking about it, defining it for yourself and looking at how might I be looking at health through a healthism lens and how is that impacting me negatively on the day to day? How is it impacting me on the way that I grocery shop? How is it impacting me in the way that I'm forcing myself to the gym every day, even though I don't want to go? Um, how is this forcing me to do certain types of behaviors that that make me feel like they're inflexible 
and that I can't deviate from them without feeling guilty, without feeling shameful, without feeling feeling like um like you're not living up to some kind of internal and external standard. That's what we want you to look at today. That's what we want you to think about of we want you to think about what I've been told healthy is and what I'm going to define it for myself and I'm going to leave the hierarchy out of it. Are we pursuing these health promoting behaviors, you know, whatever you decide to do in your life, are we doing it out of fear? Are we doing this in a black and white mentality of I have to do this in a certain structure or I'm a failure? Or are we approaching this in a more neutral perspective of this is something that adds to my life, but it is not my entire life? It's not a diet. It's a lifestyle is also toxic if applied in a certain <laughs> way. <laughs> right? Because basically that's saying that you have to be pursuing it all times, every day, all the time. Forever. Forever and it doesn't deviate. So that's a little narrow-minded for me. A little too much. This is like when people used to be like, oh, Whole30 is not a diet. It's a lifestyle. And I'd be like, so you want me to do the Whole30 forever? Yeah. That sounds like orthorexia to me. That sounds like a fast track to an eating disorder. So that's it. Oh man. So this one's a doozy. (laughs) I love when you start episodes like that because whenever we're going to talk about something controversial, you're like, well, this one's a doozy. It is. It is a doozy. I do say that a lot. I think it's a lot because we don't do overly controversial ones too much. But today is not that day.